Dr. Raphael Yosereff, good friend of mine, good friend of the show. Welcome back to the C.L. Bryant Show. How are you, brother? Good. How are you, my friend? I am rolling, uh, Raphael. And what I uh, want everybody to know is that you and I have uh, been, been we've, man, we've been hanging out together for quite a number of years now. And over the years, I have been able to pick your brain on various things. But one thing I don't understand, and maybe you can shed some light on it, it seems to be a willful negligence at our American borders. What does that mean when we have that type of breakdown, Dr. Yosereff? Uh, this is incredible, and it is a disgrace. And, uh, you know, just discounting the... Uh humanitarian crisis that it means with all of the child abuse, the deaths, the, the, the rape of, of uh, so many women, the drugs coming into the country, just discounting that. This represents an invasion of the country. And uh, it is uh, purpose, uh, purposely done because these people, the, the, the Democrats, and um, as we can see very well, They've become more radicalized over the years, and now they're doing the things like right in the open. Now, there's and a movement that they, you're there's a movement that you're a part of in Miami that I want you to speak to and tell us about, so we too uh, can become a part or maybe support it. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, this is a, a new group that is a year and a half uh, ongoing, uh, started in Polk County and uh, Miami-Dade affiliate. Uh, uh, is uh, just about six or seven months old, and uh, it is called CCDF USA, and it uh, it's, it stands for uh, County Citizens Defending Freedom, and this is a uh, an organization that uh, was re- was uh, formed with the intent of uh, fighting uh, the breaches of liberty uh, from the government and, and any other institutions. Uh, at the local level, at the county level, which is, uh, as we understand, the most effective way to fight these things, because uh, it, it's easy to it's easier to change things at the local level than it is at the national federal level. And, uh, and that, that's what your group is dedicated to: enlightening people on how to change things at the local level. Exactly, it is to, to empower people, give them a, a, a tools and a vehicle to affect change at the local level, at the county level. And uh, obviously we have, uh, as the organization grows nationally, we have all of the assets of support of the national organization, but the efforts uh, of each affiliate is at the county level. And uh, several several uh, uh, branches, uh, one is election, integri- election integrity, which you know very well right now is essential and very important, very upfront. Um, another one is follow the money to see who is funding these initiatives and where the monies uh, go after the monies are given to the institutions or to the government or to the um, non-governmental organizations from the government so that this organization can do the dirty work. You know, Raphael, I I prefaced your coming on with these words. Um, I want him to tell you his story. Raphael, uh, tell us your story, uh, your family's uh, uh, trip and their journey to America. Talk to us about that. Well, uh, 
and it's a, it's a journey that is not uh, unique to me. Unfortunately, uh, it's it's a very common story of the, of the Cuban people and uh, of any uh, people that have to to escape uh, communism or socialism. And mine started in Cuba uh, after the uh, takeover by Fidel Castro. Uh, my parents uh, sent me uh, to the United States with a sister that was uh, I was uh, the age of 13. My sister was uh, two years older than me. And my parents uh, stayed behind because uh, they were not uh, people were not allowed to leave the island. And uh, I heard you say, be, say before that, uh, you know, my family had escaped communism or escaped the country, and actually it didn't happen like that. My parents were in jail for 13 years as political prisoners before we were able to uh, to get them out of the country. And uh, so I, you know, didn't see my parents from the time I was 13 until I was married and uh, had two children and finishing medical school. So uh, it was not the whole family escaping. It was uh, they sent us ahead to us. So we were not being indoctrinated as children in Cuba. And then uh, there were political prisoners that we were able to get them out of the country uh, 13 years later. Wow. Wow. Rafael, uh, that is an amazing story. So your family settled in Miami. Correct. Miami, as, as everybody knows, is the uh, and uh, the opera, uh, in exile, and uh, is where the most uh, the greater number of Cubans uh, have been, and uh, it has been a blessing. Uh, we've we've uh, helped this uh, area grow, and uh, we've grown with it, and. Uh, the blessings of liberty and the opportunities presented here, uh, it, it cannot be, uh, it just cannot be, uh, you know, uh, understated. And unfortunately, it is so uh, misunderstood and uh, so much taken uh, for granted by the, by people who don't have the experience and think that, that uh, freedom is free. Let me ask you this. You, met, you used a phrase that's very near to my heart, the blessings of liberty. I really believe that liberty is a blessing. How is it possible then that uh, people who have lived in this, uh, demographics of people who have lived in this country for decades and for generations, but yet don't understand the blessings of liberty. You mentioned Black Lives Matter. You mentioned others, uh, subversive groups, Marxists uh, in this country, who uh, would like for our young people, in particular, Raphael, uh, Dr. Yosrep, to uh, not appreciate the blessings of liberty. Talk to us about that. Well, these these are people that are really uh, evil. Is uh, you know many many of them uh, don't uh, really understand. The blessings of liberty and and uh, the the possibilities and opportunities they have they have here whether they are uh, born here or not. But what happens with all of these movements is that there's a certain number of people who, thank God, are a minority, but they're very smart, very uh, radical and activists, and they um, use these other people who really don't know what they're doing as pawns and uh, as uh, useful fools and they overtake these movements like you can see like the black lives black lives matter movement the blm movement many of them are not even black 
Right. And obviously, they don't really care about black lives because they don't care about all of the black people that die in Chicago or anywhere else. It's yeah. only the black people that, that die in a uh, an encounter with a policeman, which they can use as a political uh, thing. And uh, they all become millionaires. They all be, be, become uh, influential, quote-unquote. And uh, that is their aim, is just to achieve power and achieve richness for themselves and to, uh, uh, you know, move all of these uh, people, use them as pawns for their own political interests. There seems to be a deception that, like a blanket, has fallen over America. And, you know, uh, both of us are, as I, as I said earlier, unashamedly uh, Christians and unashamedly followers of, of Jesus Christ. Uh, I know that about you. How is it possible that Americans are voting for something that's totally against their principles when they sign on to things like uh, that, that come out of the uh, uh, the Biden administration? Well, uh, I think that a lot of people have been voted, voting uh, already for the, for a few years uh, in a misguided way, and uh, it is out of ignorance. And uh, and it is because of the entire media thing that has turned uh, radical and has turned uh, to the left. They're definitely not impartial, so the people are totally misinformed. You know, and uh, and uh, well, uninformed or misinformed. People don't get involved. People don't even know the difference between the federal government and the state government. They don't know uh, our system of government. They keep calling us a democracy, and we are a representative republic which doesn't work as a really as a democracy. There's voting, and we elect our representatives, but at the federal level, we are represented republic. So people don't even know that, that, that now, uh, know that now, nowadays because of the destruction of education that doesn't even teach our, our children, uh, you know, about the uh, system of government and about the greatness of our country and uh, our history with the good parts and the bad parts, we've been striving to improve. Tell and us I, this. I, and now we see all of this disgrace that they're uh, imposing on our children with the early sexualization and uh, transgenderism, the gender dysphoria, and all of these things, and the uh, critical race theory, putting black children against white children and Asian children against everybody else, and it's a, it's a destruction of our education system. It is truly happening, Americans. Raviel, uh, one question I, I have for you. You're, you're a truly educated man, and uh, I want you to tell us now, especially with the attacks that uh, are happening on our schools and school boards and so forth, how important and how lacking... Uh, perhaps, is the American education. How important is that? How important was it to you? Talk to me. Oh, the, the, what they've done with the American education system is terrible because it says it's gone from one of the best of the world to probably one of the worst. Our children, you know, cannot compete nowadays even from, uh, from the best uh, educational system. I'm talking about the average student cannot compete with the children from other cultures, from, from Asia, from China, from, uh, uh, you know, the Soviet Union, Europe, because we don't teach the essentials anymore. You know, we don't teach the science and the math and, uh, you know, at the high level. You know, uh, uh, true history, uh, philosophy, all of those things that, that are essential to have a well-rounded education. 
you know, we're, we're much more concerned now with teaching, you know, all of these things that I already mentioned now, right? And uh, so, and besides that, uh, the cost of education and uh, especially higher education that people uh, after four or five or six years of higher education end up, well, more than half don't even graduate, but if with the ones that graduate, many end up with a with degree that is worthless as far as uh, being productive in life later on, but end up with hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. And uh, the colleges are, you know, becoming richer and richer and richer and rising, raising the, 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 the tuition every year for a poorer education. So education from the higher level down to the now to K to twelve has been uh, essentially eroded. Wow! Uh, and that is greatly in part because of the teachers' union at the at the national level and the local level, because these teachers' unions are once again a ground for power enrichment and the influence. They, they don't really serve not even the teachers or the students. They serve themselves. You know, Rafael, uh, in the middle of this uh, economic uh, turndown as far as inflation is concerned, uh, I have been to some countries where they give you a $5,000 bill, and that's uh, worth maybe $20. Uh, Can you tell people uh, about Cuba and the state of their economy to the common guy, to the common man, and can America, and is America, if we don't change track, on our way to something resembling that? Talk to us. Well, it's, it's something resembling that, but in a different way, because here, uh, the globalists, what they're trying to do is just creating a cashless society, right? Inflation, when you have uh, the, the money, inflation, the money that you have is going to be worth less because it, it, can, it can buy less. It has less purchasing power, right? You have to pay more for the same article. But on top of that, they want to create a cashless society by which government controls absolutely every movement that you make with whatever money you have, you know, because all transactions will be electronic and obviously they get access to all of those through the banks, right? And it's very easy for them to analyze down to, uh, you know, how many cents you spend, how many cents you put in your bank and things like that because you cannot transact in cash. And if you have cash, if they create a cashless society, there will be a moment when they would say you have six months to turn in your, your cash and convert it, uh, you know, put it in the bank and convert it into whatever it is, right? And now you have to continue utilize, utilizing your debit cards or your credit cards or your PayPal or whatever it is, but there's no cash. And uh, that can happen. They have been trying to do that in many parts of the world, including here. This is a globalist movement. And it has been done before. In many countries, socialism and communism take over because they want to, for example, people that are hoarding money, they're, they're saving things, but they're not putting it in the bank. So they can keep it private or they have dollars, for example. They change the currency and they say, now well, we're going to create a new currency because the inflation is so high that you have to carry your money in a bag, you know, in a suitcase in order to, to buy, uh, you know, a suit. Uh, so we're going to change the currency with the new denominations, and now you have six months to change it into the new denomination, but there's a limit. You can only cash in, let's say, $10,000 uh, equivalent, let's say 10000 of whatever it is, right? And you might have 250000 
So you lose everything else. It becomes valueless, you know, worthless. And that, that is what is done routinely, essentially, in countries that change their economic system, in Argentina, in Cuba, in many other places, right? Right. Uh, and that can happen here, not as a change of currency, but if, if we go to a cashless economy. Well, you know, Rafael, there are so many signs that our nation is indeed headed in that direction. Now, you do teach these types of principles when you have your meeting with your organization. Is this what you're uh, sharing with people as well, uh, the effects of these types of policies coming out of Washington, D.C.? Is that what you're sharing with them? Well, we, we, we talk in general about these things, but uh, in the, when, when you talk about the CCDF, the Country Citizens Defending Freedom in particular, what we talk is about usually directing about breaches of, uh, of freedom, let's say from the school board or from the county commission or from an NGO, or we are um, investigating uh, election integrity, and we're trying to put people as poll watchers or poll workers, Things like that. Well, so we we do not uh, we educate people in general terms when it, when it, when the when the thing comes up, but it's not essentially the the purpose because that that takes time from all of the other things that we need to do. Let me ask you this then: How do people get in touch with you if they're inclined to help you or become a part of you? How do they access this? It's very simple. It's uh, ccdfusa.com. Ccdfusa.com. It stands for County Citizens Defending Freedom. USA.com. And they they can see some uh, short videos explaining what the organization is, uh, what our principles are, what our goals are. Uh, we're not uh, nonpartisan. We don't uh, promote any any party. Uh, in politics, but we are uh, founded in the uh, uh, foundational documents of this country, that being the Declaration of Independence, the Federalist Papers, and of course the Constitution. So anything that applies there, that's where we are. Let me ask and, you one. Uh, and of course, we expect people to believe in a Creator because we believe that if you don't believe in a Creator, it doesn't have to be Jesus Christ, but in a Creator then your moral compass is probably lacking a little bit. And, and I don't mean this as, as an attack on, on atheists or agnostics, but it is true because morals are based usually on, uh, you know, yeah. uh, believing in a higher power. And a higher power. That is, that is true. You, you, that is absolutely true. Uh, the final question that I have for you, um, we've been on with Dr. Rafael Yosef, and um, I uh, want to ask you this question. I know you to be a patriot. I know you to be a patriot, even though uh, uh, your family are immigrants to this country. Is patriotism something that is lacking in the American these days, Dr. Yosef? Oh, absolutely. Uh, thank God, not in everybody, because we have all of the, the, the people that are serving in, this, in the armed forces, and our armed forces are uh, volunteer armed forces. So, I mean, just there alone, you see that the degree of patriotism that a lot of people still have. But and there's, there's a, a lot of other people that hopefully uh, it is a, still a minority that have lost their bearing. And they, they just dislike this country beginning by 
I believe, a lot of people in the Democratic Party, uh, because they just keep putting this country down. They, by their own admission, want to uh, fundamentally transform America into something else. Transform it into what? So if they want to fundamentally transform it, that means that they don't like it. They don't like it how it was founded. They don't like it how it's been improving itself up to this point. Well, and then and the last few years they've tried to, they, they have been effectively bringing it down. There's more racism now than there was four or five years ago, or 10 years ago when Obama took, took uh, the presidency. Uh, there's more crime. There's more criticism of America. There's more uh, uh, of putting America down, critical race theory, the, the sexualization of our children to, to destroy the culture. So you see it everywhere. Hopefully these people are still a minority, but there's obviously a lack, lack of patriotism. If you don't like your country, you can't be a patriot. This is true, and, and, and truer words have never been spoken. If you don't like your country, you cannot be a patriot. There's just no way. But you know, Raphael, that is something that the school system, I think, is trying to breed out of the American child. You have the last word, the last words that you would say to this audience today, and thank you so much for being on. You have the last word. Go ahead. No, I just want people to, to uh, you know, revert, revert back to, to their inner thoughts. And, uh, you know, because most people, I believe, in this country and uh, in most countries, most people would have, like, mostly conservative values because most people like their family. Most people believe in, in a creator. And, uh, you know, they would they like freedom rather than oppression, at least for themselves. And if they like it for themselves, they should like it for others. So these are conservative values. So people have to have a, a, a real introspection, you know, a real self-evaluation and realize that what's happening now to our country and in many countries is not the way to go. And it is probably against most people's, most people's values, but they have, they have been the, lost in the, in the mirage of what the media tries to create and uh, all of this misinformation and the attacks on the real conservative people calling them terrorists and anarchists and radicals and uh, insurrectionists and all these things. Lost people in the mirage. To, introspection is, is to me the, the word of the day. People need to look into their souls and, and really see what's happening and, and see really where they stand. You know, Raphael, it's always great to have you on because of the conversation that you bring. I love that phrase, lost in a, in a mirage. And uh, I certainly uh, wish you the best. Thank you for being on with me. God bless you and God keep you, my good friend. Thank you, my friend. It's always an honor to uh, share with you.